Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. If you like what you're hearing, why not try a StephCast subscription? Only $4.95 a month if you buy a year in advance. Go to stephaniemiller.com to find out how. I know, we're just making each other jealous. Whenever Nicole Wallace says, I have Glenn Kirshner, I'm like, no, you don't have Glenn Kirshner, I have Glenn Kirshner. Hi, Glenn. Good morning, Steph. And I have to say, the first thing I see is you holding another man's missile. I get a little jealous. <laughs> Bust out the big gavel of justice. I bring everyone down to my level. Yes. <laughs> Glenn, let's start. What can I say? Because if you, have, you have my friend Malcolm there with you. If you open the dictionary and look up Put your money where your mouth is. Yes. You're going to see Malcolm's picture. Yeah. Thank you, brother, for what you do. Well, are you kidding? <laughs> the interviews that I give, I go at some point, you need to talk to Glenn Kirshner. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody needs to, some, That's somebody what needs happens to weigh here. in as a lawyer. Every, every two seconds. Get me Glenn, Get me Glenn Kirshner. Kirshner. <laughs> um, Glenn, so let's obviously start with the big news. Pence gets uh, subpoenaed. Yeah. Um, one that, uh, let's see, our other, our, your, your friend, our friend uh, Jill Weinbanks, said even if Pence tries to delay testifying in response to Jack Smith's subpoena, the delay does not have to be long. During Watergate, we subpoenaed the president's tapes on April 16th, 1974, argued in SCOTUS on July 8th, and had a decision on July 24th. Two weeks later, Nixon resigned. I mean, I know we're not in Watergate times anymore, but, uh, but what do you think of this whole Pence thing? You know, I, I think the most interesting question now is will Mike Pence try to delay his appearance? I'm not so sure he will, because he knows it's a losing proposition legally. Frankly, I, I don't know what kind of a proposition it is politically. I don't pretend to understand the calculations that people like Mike Pence make politically, but I, I saw a recent poll where Mike Pence was polling well below I don't know who I'm going to vote for. So, I, I, you know, and I don't know who Mike Pence's base is. Is it the people who wanted to hang him on January 6th? So, but, you know, I, I think he may have actually asked for this subpoena. And, and I say that because, you know, it, he was negotiating. It was reported for quite a while with special counsel, with the Department of Justice to perhaps come in for a voluntary sit down, a voluntary interview. It may be that his team said, listen, um, give us the subpoena and we'll appear because that is a legal obligation. Yeah. You're being directed by the judge who supervises the grand jury to appear and testify. That gives him some legal cover. He can now at least say, listen, it was my legal duty to testify. And that's why I'm doing it, not because I'm comfortable turning on Trump. So I, I don't know what's going on behind yeah. the scenes. 
I don't know if he's going to try to delay it. If he does try to delay it, Steph, he will not succeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is he you're, politically you're right he is like bruce willis in sixth sense he's the only one that doesn't know he's dead um <laughs> politically wait what politically oh my yes. god spoiler alert i'm so sorry he was dead the whole time okay <laughs> stephanie <laughs> also i gave away the the way the, the end to night mother yesterday and i'm you sorry did. but it's kind of in the title night mother <laughs> so glenn but does this give you um i mean I, we talk every week about being impatient for justice this does this is a more aggressive move. It does seem like we're moving up to, as you always say, the suits from the the boots on the ground. What do you think? Yeah, let, let's look at the silver lining here. Jack Smith uh, was appointed as special counsel November 18th. Less than three months ago, he has gone scorched earth. He's issued the kind of subpoenas that Merrick Garland's Department of Justice should have issued more than a year ago. But you know what? He's moving quickly, and he has, has now subpoenaed the single most important witness in the investigation. And if we can read the tea leaves, you know, when we're investigating large scale conspiracies or criminal enterprises, we will typically wait until the very end of the grand jury investigation to subpoena the most important witness or witnesses. Why do we do that? Because we want to get all of the lesser witnesses locked into the grand jury. We want to learn what we can from their testimony. And then we want to use it to craft our examination, our Q&A, for the really big, important witnesses. And, you know, so, so Jack Smith is following a blueprint, and the next step in the blueprint is we've presented everybody, we have enough evidence to indict, and we're going to ask the grand jury to vote out charges against Donald Trump and his criminal associates, his co-conspirators. So that's where I think Jack Smith is headed. Yeah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Um, this entire week, can I just say, he's been like a sexy liberal wet dream for me. Yesterday, we had future Senator uh, Adam Schiff on, <laughs> who's been right about Russia every step of the way. Malcolm Nance, who literally wrote the book and books about it. Cut to D.C. Sexy Liberal. There's you and Jamie Raskin. And there's Jamie Raskin yesterday. It just let's take a listen about Durham. And this all ties together. Consider the John Durham investigation. At the urging of Republicans, including the good chairman, 
The John Durham special counsel investigation was set up in 2019 by Barr to try to find wrongdoing by intelligence or law enforcement agencies in the origins of the Mueller investigation. And we've heard some of the murmurings about this today. After four years and millions of dollars spent, the Durham investigation closed as a total flop without unearthing anything like the deep state conspiracy that Republicans have been denouncing around here for years. It couldn't find anything of substance to it. Yet Barr in Durham kept pressing in clearly abusive ways. I hope your subcommittee will investigate. Uh, there it is, right? I mean, I, it seems like, first of all, these hearings are just blowing up on Republicans in the worst yeah. possible way. I mean, the, uh, you know, uh, Dan Goldman's and the Jamie Raskin's are, are just eating them alive. So what do you, what do you think about the Durham investigate, you know, them at least uh, investigating the Durham investigation? Yeah, you know, it was destined for failure. And I'll tell you, nothing's more corrosive to government service or to, you know, the mission of law enforcement than when, you know, and I've used this as an example. If somebody had assigned me a criminal investigation and I investigated it aggressively and thoroughly and and exhaustively and ethically, and I reached a conclusion, either there's enough evidence to indict or there's not enough evidence to indict, after I reached that conclusion, if somebody from the Trump administration, under which I worked before I retired, somebody came down and said, okay, Glenn, now we're going to investigate you for conducting that investigation. Are you flipping kidding me? You know, I can tell you, I, I would not have received that information well, and I would have tried to convince them to change course, or I would have quit, as some of my friends did who, for example, were part of the Roger Stone trial team when Donald Trump and Bill Barr tried to squirrel that case and others. You know, this is not the way public service works. And I'm glad the Durham investigation has been exposed for the you-know-what show that it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Dick Durbin wrote a letter to uh, Merrick Garland. I was asking... uh, Malcolm about the uh, Charles McGonagall stuff and his some of the questions Durbin asked are did McGonagall do anything to tip the scales of justice in favor of anyone he's now linked it to in the indictments what role did McGonagall play in 2016 FBI's Trump Russia probe and the Mueller investigation is there any chance McGonagall compromised sources methods or evidence how did one of the most elite counterintelligence operations not notice that one of its main guys was allegedly doing favors for a sanctioned Russian oligarch while he was still on the FBI payroll so a lot more shoes to drop in this McGonagall thing, don't you think? Yeah, the McGonagall thing shook me to my core. And I've, I've talked with Frank Figliuzzi about this. Um, you know, I, I worked with the FBI when we were working RICO cases in the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. And to a man and a woman, the people I worked with were just remarkable law enforcement uh, officers and agents and just really honorable public servants. So when I see this, listen... I'm not so naive to say that our institutions don't have bad apples. You know, you got bad prosecutors, bad judges, bad agents, bad defense attorneys. I understand that. But when people at the highest levels of our nation's counterintelligence mission are in bed with Russians the way Trump was in bed with Russians, I mean, it really does shake my faith in our institutions. And it makes me realize that You know, reform, when we talk about governmental and institutional reform, that can't just be, you know, a pretty word. We really have to work to reform our institutions if we're going to restore the faith and confidence of 
the American people in organizations yeah. like the FBI and the DOJ. Malcolm, I know this I is have, in your area of expertise. Are you following this? Yeah, uh, I am. And question, I have a little something <laughs> about it because I, I went and looked up something. Counterintelligence, you know, Russia. I just thought. Alter yeah. James was CIA's chief of counterintelligence, and okay. he also was out to hunt for spies, including the one that they were looking for, which was himself. Yeah. That's the, that literally he was out hunting yeah. for himself. And the FBI had a spy that was working for Russia also. Do you remember his name? Uh, but my question is this, and here's the killer, and I'm ready to blow all of your minds. Okay. <laughs> Someone recommended that Peter Strzok, the FBI's top spy hunter at that time, be taken out by the Trump administration. Was it McGonagall? Yeah. Yeah. Who would take out the guy that would find him working with the Russians? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the counterintelligence is me. Is that that's funny because Peter Strzok was the most effective Russian hunter the FBI had. He worked yeah. uh, Russia mafia cases in New York City. He's the guy that would have found the Deripaska link. And then suddenly Donald Trump has got this guy's name on his lips. Who put that name on his lips? Yeah. Someone from the FBI who isn't counterintelligence. I mean, I guess what's left, Glenn, is is McGonagall going to flip? Do you think? Yeah, that'd be sexy. Well, here, here's the thing. You know, when I saw that very public, very splashy announcement that he has been indicted in not one but two federal venues, yes. federal court, that to me sent a signal that they have not been able to bring him on board. They've not been able to break him. They've not been able to flip him. So they had to go public and try to shame him into cooperation. You know, usually when we catch spies, um, we manage to flip them because we understand the importance of knowing what they know and how they compromised our national security. It looks like at least thus far, McGonagall is not there, has not flipped. Um, you know, the smart money is on him flipping rather than taking these things to trial because he's dead in the water. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it really is important to our national security, unfortunately, that we now know how he compromised our safety. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, speaking of it, you tweeted, you've been watching all the Mark Pomerantz interviews, I'm sure. Um, you said Prosecutor Mark Pomerantz pursued racketeering indictment of Donald Trump, but DA Alvin Bragg said, no, let's look at the available evidence to see who has the, the better argument. What was your, just your reaction to everything he said this week and his book? You know, I would not have chosen to do what he did. I mean, if, you know, I was a prosecutor for 30 years and I think I would have been uncomfortable writing about investigations that had not resulted in prosecutions that were not completely over. Um, so, you know, I would have chosen another path. But what we learned from him reinforces my belief that for whatever reason, Alvin Bragg was not up to the task of indicting Donald Trump. And what really brought that into full focus is not just what Pomerantz said, but the fact that Bragg went after the Trump organization for a 15 year long criminal scheme to defraud in the first degree, basically rampant tax fraud. The Trump organization was being run as a corrupt enterprise and he had the goods on Donald Trump. Pomerantz said so, but even more importantly, Steph, the prosecutor who made the closing argument in the Trump organization case said to the jury, ladies and gentlemen, the evidence that you saw during the course of this trial against the Trump organization proves that Donald Trump explicitly approved the fraud. As an officer of the court with, you know, an ethical code of conduct, 
You can't say that if you don't yeah. have the evidence to back it up. What does that tell us? Bragg's own prosecutors were arguing to a jury that Donald Trump committed crimes for which he should have been indicted. Why Bragg chose to kill that case, I don't know. It looks like he's playing catch up now because it may be that a fellow a state prosecutor, Fawny Willis, is on the eve of indicting Donald Trump. And let's face it, Alvin Bragg is a political animal. He wants to get reelected. So now all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm going to go take this one small yeah. sliver of crimes against Donald Trump, the Stormy Daniels, Daniels hush money payment. <laughs> I'm going to reinvigorate that investigation. Yeah. I'll believe Alvin Bragg will indict Donald Trump when I see a public indictment that I can read for myself. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And what do we, in every investigation, right, follow the money? I mean, you know, it's like financial crime seems to be, even in this, you know, the Italian part of the Durham mm -hmm. story, uh, it's like Al Capone, right? I mean, everybody says it, the, the fact that Mueller could not follow the financial stuff, as you talked about in your book, Malcolm. Ordered not to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the spy stuff. But, that, but doesn't it always it come back to that with Donald Trump? Of course it comes back to money. Yeah. But I got a question for yeah. you real quick, uh, Glenn. Yeah. Um, and now I completely forgot. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. It's too early. It it's is too early. early. No, it, it's, it's not a question too early. I'm just too old. So, but also sugar crash from the donuts. Oh, sugar crash from the donuts. <laughs> but no, Glenn, wasn't it you who said the other day that there is clearly two systems of justice in the United States now? That there is a yeah, Donald I Trump that, level. I, I wish that wasn't the That's case. That's the danger. But I was in federal court yesterday um, watching the Proud Boys trial. Mm -hmm. And then I walked 100 feet up the fourth floor corridor. corridor, And I watched my friend and former colleague, Kate Ricosi, give her opening statement in the third Oath Keepers trial. And then downstairs, we had that idiot, Kevin Seafried, mm -hmm. who was the guy seen carrying that enormous Confederate flag through the halls of Congress sentenced to three years in prison, not to be confused with his 24-year-old son, because for the Seafried family, insurrection is a family affair. His son is doing two years in prison because dad and son went and attacked the Capitol together. And Malcolm, the boots of the insurrection, some of them are poor dupes, not smart right. enough to separate fact from fiction about stolen elections. The boots of the insurrection, the people with no power, no influence, no connections, are going to prison every day. And the person who gave the order, the suits of the insurrection, Donald Trump and his criminal command structure are playing golf and going to dinner parties and holding fundraisers. Yep. And for God's sakes, Donald Trump is running yeah. for re-election. There are two systems of 
justice in this country, and this is not the first instance of that that we've seen. Steffi's dad was a Nuremberg prosecutor. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I. That's think that- by the way. There was a fun fact in. Uh, oh, I think it was Rachel Maddow's uh, uh, ultra. Mm. Is that uh, there was some right wing whack that would not vote for Goldwater because my dad was too mean to Nazis, which I just. <laughs> 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 and it runs in the family, uh-huh. apparently. But my point, my quick point is, in judge the movie, judgment at, movie, judgment at Nuremberg, right. right? There's this this fight between the judges, and Spencer Tracy is really torn up, and the other judges like, well, they're just judges, you know, they were just following their orders, and they're fine people, and they're very nice. Right. And Spencer Tracy, in his final speech, it <laughs> might have been your dad, uh, <laughs> says. It was the justices of the German Supreme Court that were on trial. Yeah, yeah. The people who passed all the, the laws excluding people. Yeah, so. we are super late. I choose to believe that all the sexy liberal streams crossing this week is going to move Merrick Garland and yeah. we're going to get this Yeah, done. somebody smack. <laughs> Love you, Glenn Kirshner. With a cookie. Yeah. Love you, Seth. We'll see you next week.